tuning in to the online broadcast network. After Buzz TV, over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries, and your number one source for after show entertainment. <laughs> TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing after shows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Hello, Internet land or podcast land. If you just happen to be listening to this on iTunes, welcome to AfterBuzz TV's Spotlight On. This is part of our ongoing interview series where we talk to upcoming artists and musicians of all stripes and get to know a little bit about their process and their end of projects and just a little bit about being an artist today. My name is Josh Richmond. You can find me at Radio TFD on Twitter. Don't forget to go to AfterBuzz's website, subscribe to us on iTunes, go to us on YouTube, like us on SoundCloud. Just click all over our various internet properties, please. Your clicks help us out a lot and your reviews help us out a lot. I'm here today with... A really, really exciting band out of uh, William, Williamsburg, Brooklyn. That's correct, right, guys? Well, yeah. We're, yeah. We're, we're Mostly, living... or you guys might be more scattered around. Yeah, maybe like 10 years ago, it was Williamsburg. But now we're, we're scattered around Brooklyn, and I'm currently living in Pittsburgh. Gotcha. Okay, cool. But still, okay, West Coast, everything on the East Coast just is. Yeah. It blurs together for me. <laughs> it's um, all right. It's all cold right now. But you got to hear a little bit of uh, the single they just released, Super 8, as we were coming in. Um, so, Super Human Happiness. Right? Yeah, guys, yeah. guys, welcome to After Buzz. Thank you, Josh. Thank you. Thanks so much for coming. Thank you. You guys uh, were able to make it because you're on like a West Coast tour right now, right? That's right. It's our first trip up the West Coast. Mm-hmm. Heck yeah. Where did yeah. you, you guys uh, just come from? Um, we were just in Oakland playing in uh, our friend Eli's warehouse. Very he nice. He has a warehouse space that he's uh, <laughs> built everything from speaker cabinets to like structures for houses. So we we partied and we man, that's how nice you got to do it now. Is it's like DIY. Right? Oh yeah, yeah, so much so much yeah. better. Well, you know, I, I think um, anybody that came up playing live music or DJing or you start out in parties in people's basements or people's backyards, right? Or parking lots, and uh, you get to a point in your career where you're like, wait, that was really fun. Why? What right. happened to that? So. <laughs> Right, you, you yeah. might find yourself playing more kind of conventional stages and realize yeah. you, miss, you miss that initial energy and being yeah. able to really connect with the audience. Yeah, so we got that going last night. Our friend's band played, another band played, we hung out, there were dogs <laughs> running around, and everybody brought a six-pack. Or, uh, I got a lot yeah. of memories of shows like that, those are the best. Yeah, yeah it, it was wonderful. Great, guys. So we just listened to a little bit of, uh, yeah, Super 8. We couldn't hear because we don't have headphones on, but the fans were hearing it. So you guys, did you, you just released that on, on Noisy? That was released through Vice? Was that released? Well, it's, the record label is called uh, Royal Potato Family. Okay. And it's, our, it's a record label that we're on with other, a bunch of other great artists. Great. And um, the, uh, um, the uh, uh, Vice, uh, Noisy, put it out. Right, noisy. That's the yeah, kind of the they, music arm of Vice these days. Yeah, like that. yeah, yeah, yeah. So they, oh, what's the word? They, they premiered it for us. It's a great track. I was just listening Thanks. to it on the way over. It's, uh, you know, it's got that like, uh, it's it, such a distinctive rhythm. It opens with. I've noticed a lot of your, your stuff is very kind of distinctively uh, rhythmic, and then opens up to that wordless chorus, which is great. I love it. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I I think it's important for songs. You know, songs have like a like a melodic. Um, shape oh, right? sure. that's consistent like a certain melodic pattern and they have rhythmic patterns as well 
And if you adhere to kind of the consistency of those motives, then your song has a, a coherence. So rhythm, melody. The basic, the basic building blocks, right? <laughs> yeah. That's where it comes from. Yeah. So I should ask you guys, uh, who are each of you guys? Because the voice you're hearing right now, you are Stuart, right? That's Stuart, right. Stuart Bogey? That's me. Uh, yeah, Bogey. and kind of the, uh, fair, to, fair to call you like the band leader or front, or not necessarily front person, because I don't think you're the main vocalist anymore. Yeah, no, no, we share a lot of the duties, and I'm kind of like the head cheerleader. Head right cheerleader, there you like, go. Kind of like yeah. your job is kind of like to, you know, propel the band forward and get everybody to like, we can do it, work together. I suppose so, but they take <laughs> care of a lot of that too. I could be depressed, though. We're a family. <laughs> like the best bands, you know? And uh, so, yeah, let's, let's who, uh, you're, uh, can we hear from the rest of you guys? Uh, my name's Eric Biondo. Um, I play the uh, bass synth and the trumpet and uh, sing. Uh, as we all share, you guys, you guys all share. I think a lot of these duties. Yeah, it's sort of like a, a musical chairs in a lot of ways of of on the, on the performance on the stage. You know, we don't share we trumpet speech. though. We don't share trumpet. We don't share. <laughs> or at the very least, you got to like trade out mouth mouthpieces before yeah, doing that, right? Nobody shares. Does anybody <laughs> have any hand sanitizer? You know what I mean? A lot uh, of Purell going around. Yeah, we have hand, <laughs> only hand sanitizers on the rider. Awesome. And how about you? Hi, um, I'm Andrea, and I sing and play tambourine. Back Great. up on the drums. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> um, and you joined the group fairly recently, right? Yeah, fairly recently, but um, it feels like, you know, a while. So in a in a really good way, I think. Yeah. yeah. You know, if those, yeah, I think the best bands, you feel like you just connect with them right away, those kind of collaborative partnerships. Yeah, well, it's really sweet. Um, I think... Somebody mentioned this yesterday at the show. They're like, oh, it's so nice when you guys are on stage because it really feels like you're together. Like you get the sense that you're friends and that you actually care about each other outside of this project. Or right. So, yeah, it's nice. Awesome. And, uh, and then we also have Sam here. I'm Sam Levin. I'm the drummer. Cool. I collect the receipts. <laughs> <laughs> almost, as, almost as important as the drumming. It's making Great. sure all the receipts are taken yep. care of. So I read something in your guys' bio saying that you said that you auditioned the drummer unbeknownst to him, quote unquote. Um, what does that mean? Oh yeah, that well, you <laughs> know, not... we we started out with a jam session. Okay, like oh yeah, you want to come out? You want to hang on jam? We'll just you go over some songs and and then we're like, hey, you want to join our band? So it wasn't like uh, I, I guess what we meant to say is that it's kind of informal, right? Not necessarily yeah. that you're like, okay, yeah. we've got this plan where we're going to trick him into joining our band somehow. No, no, but there's <laughs> other plans to trick him into joining the band. I, you know, I promised him. It's very mafia the way we operate. I had a <laughs> feeling. I had a feeling. You did tell me that you were looking for a drummer. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. Now you're trying to, you're trying to trick me into backpedaling. How am I doing? <laughs> yeah. If you were really trying to be Machiavelli, you would have hit that from the beginning. Yeah, yeah. I'm a terrible Machiavelli. <laughs> I'm no Caesar Borgia. I think he might have been terrible, too. Yeah, I think he wasn't great at it, either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's hard to be Machiavelli. Only Machiavelli can be Machiavelli. You know, he, uh, he invented it. He was the OG. He, w- <laughs> he literally was. The O-M. <laughs> the O-N-M. Did he actually do anything? He was just talking about it a lot. I mean... Yeah, I, that's the thing. I don't actually think he was that power-hungry in real life. He was just, like, I'm really good at analyzing power dynamics, so I'm going to write a book about it. Kind of his thing. Yeah. yeah. So let's uh, let's hear a little bit about how you guys got started with music, because this is always something that really uh, really uh, strokes my curiosity. Like, were all you guys like musical kids, or when did you start picking up an instrument or deciding music was something you really wanted to pursue? Uh, I was probably 
I don't know, I was probably eight or nine, and uh, the trumpet was thrust upon me by my school band director. <laughs> uh, I didn't want to play it, you know. Right. I, want, I wanted to play the drums like all kids, mm-hmm. you know. Drums or guitar and, are often people's go-to. Yeah, I know. I was like, and then, you know, and then the, the band director says uh, that I had nice lips, you know. And you're like, either he's flirting with me or he's trying to signal that he might be good at a certain Well, it was a female. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, and so, you know, I was like, you know, I tried it and then I, I don't know. There was something, see, it was, I didn't like it, um, but I had, like, a little bit of promise with it, and uh, then there was a period where I played the baritone horn, which was, like, more depressing, because it's, like, this big thing that's just totally not sexy, like the trumpet is, you know? Right. The trumpet's very sexy. (laughs) And, uh, And I sort of forced my way through, like, many years of, like... You know, playing this instrument that I was sort of like hot and cold with, because the trumpet's very hot and cold. You know, you always have to like buzz your lips, and, and it's something. Uh, you know. Yeah, it's something that seems like it's not like as intuitively easy to pick up as something like drums or guitar. You really have to devote a lot of time before even being able to get any sort of good sound out of it. Yeah, it's like a guitar. You go, Bing. Okay, right. Got a note. You know, right. and the trumpet's like. <laughs> <laughs> Take some time. You know, if, the, if this microphone was alive, it would sound like that you know what i mean yes like a bee anyway but uh (laughs) (laughs) so anyway so that's how i started my dad's musician he's a guitar player bass player uh and uh we you know we all we never really like collaborated till we were later later in life but uh you know he was always playing the same licks on the guitar every night and i was like why are you doing that (laughs) now i realize that you keep playing the same licks over and over again to get them good that's what being a musician is it's just yeah repeating it it was in the family that's cool yeah so, so how about you, Andrea? Um, I started singing when I was younger. Um, my dad actually heard me singing along with The Little Mermaid when I was a kid, and he was like, <laughs> oh, is she like, because he's completely tone deaf, so he was like amazed that I right, had any like, semblance. How of... did this come out as something I created? <laughs> yeah. So he was like, oh, you should, you know, he kept trying to convince me to take voice classes, and I really, I remember I really didn't want to. I was like, I don't know, like, I was always a shy kid, and... The prospect of like performing or doing anything like that seemed totally like antithetical to me. Right. But um, but I did, and it was amazing, and it just totally opened up my love of singing and performing, and you know, I basically started that when I was nine, and and just kept going with it. So yeah. we're in, you know, throughout middle school, high school, were you ever like playing in bands, or was it a lot of like a um, solo performance? <laughs> did a lot of open mics in high school. Oh, cool. Super cool. That, um, is, that, that is cool to be at high school and already doing the open mic scene. Yeah, it's pretty I mean, it was definitely fun. Yeah. Um, and, like, when I was part of this vocal studio, we would do live performances, and it was, like, really um, kind of a big production. So so that was great. And then, yeah, I started playing more in bands when I went to New York and went there for school, and that's sort of what my life has been. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, and then Stuart, I know you, so you were, yeah. are you, you're, is saxophone your main instrument, is that right? I've been playing a lot of saxophone, but I started out on clarinet. There you go. And I, I thought that I didn't, I don't think I had a grasp on the difference. And uh, at the time, Sheila E. had a video out, and uh, in the video there was a guy, and he had like long hair and a long earring, and he was right. playing a soprano sax. I thought it was a clarinet. So when it came time <laughs> to sign up, like a clarinet clarinet i saw yeah. that once yeah. that's yeah. the ticket yeah and it wasn't 
next thing I know, everybody's like, so you want to be like Benny Goodman? I was like, who's that? And I had to find <laughs> out. and Go back, do yeah. your research. And yeah, then, it, yeah, it wasn't until I was 25 that I picked up the saxophone again. Gotcha. So, and I played a lot. Cool. That's awesome. And then what about you? Getting into drumming. Um, no. I started playing drums when I was 10 and uh, played in the school band. That's, I think that's how it is for a lot of people. I wish I had a school band in my school. We didn't even have that as an option. What? Yeah, yeah I know. Sad. I know. I feel like more and more that's the standard, too. Which is yeah, God, they, cut, they just cut arts, and, arts funding and education so much. Yeah. I mean, who knows how many you know young musicians are just kind of missing that outlet? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. kind of a bummer. Yeah. yeah. It, our cultural heritage depends on that. Yeah, God, 100%. We can't, just, we can't all be STEM majors, you know? We need creative people in society. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and, and STEM is, 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 is fed by music, you know? That, that helps you clarify your thought and all kinds of things. I think, you, they, you know, that Bach, or they, did you ever read, like, Gertle Escher Bach, or they say, you know, like, uh, music and math are so intertwined, and there's so much math in music. Oh, yeah. yeah. I should talk to Sam about that. <laughs> is, is that something you're particularly interested in? Uh, yeah, I, I'm interested in math. <laughs> cool. There's nothing, nothing to be ashamed of. It's no, nothing, I love nothing it. shameful about being into that. No, but what that. other what other subject t- can teach you so many different subjects all at once? Right. Music, right? You know. Yeah. Oh, I thought oh, you were yeah. saying math. History, math. <laughs> math is behind everything. You know? man. Yeah. Music won't teach you math, though. Normal math teach you music. I, you clearly never watched Schoolhouse Rock. Three is the magic. I didn't know mm. three was the magic number until I watched Schoolhouse Rock. Music taught me everything. Well, if that's where you stop with math. <laughs> <laughs> what is the number after three? I've always wanted to know. It's, Maybe you can help me out. With I that. can't tell you that. <laughs> all right, fine. <laughs> but then, how did you guys all hook up with each other? If once you guys all got started playing on your own, how Tinder. Did, of course, I, I figured, right? <laughs> Craigslist. There's a group. There's a musicians group on Tinder. You meet three or four people at a time. Thrinder. I'm waiting. I'm waiting to find that. I got to keep swiping right, man. Thrinder. It's like a secret, secret door that you can slide into with the Tinder. Yeah, man. Anything can musicians happen. Musicians code. I need to know. Me and Eric, the truth is, me and Eric have been writing music for a while. All right. And um, we've had the band around for a while and, and, and kind of worked in different incarnations. And um, we hit a point where it was time to rebuild. And um, I, uh, I was talking to a friend. I was on tour with an, another band as a sideman. And we were sitting outside the tour bus. And, and then all of, it occurred, all of a sudden it occurred to me to call uh, this woman, Andrea who um, I'd seen sing before and who another friend of ours, uh, Alex, had recommended uh, I get in touch with. And I called her up that day and I said, you know, I didn't say, do you want to join the band? But what I'm thinking is just join the band. <laughs> I, I hadn't even... I you, didn't can't, you can't lead with that. That's going to yeah. be a little bit strong. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I you know, I kind of felt it out and, and talked to her. And it turns out that that day, there was some serendipity there. And that certain doors of hers might have been starting to close and, 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 and new creative ones are opening up. That's perfect. And then you joining and then that's kind of that, you know, that magic element that puts, puts the sound together. Yeah, yeah. And before that, we had only had um, male vocals right. sing, sing the leads. And so it, when you, you bring in um, like a, a female protagonist, a whole new sense of balance and meaning started coming out in songs. Like all of a sudden it... It didn't seem male specific. It seemed more like there was like a whole human thing that was there because we we're both kind of in on the expressive angles. I did hear on Super Eight there was kind of a male female like vocal interplay, almost very, yeah. almost very human league. 
you know, kind of a... Got yeah, that right. That, yeah. Yeah. Is there, a lot, is there a lot of, like, 80s pop influence in, in the stuff you do at all? Or? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, without saying my age, I did have Human League records. And sure. they were they had just come out, <laughs> and they they inspired my little butt to dance around the living room. So, um, yeah, I think that 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 just gets in. That's automatic, you know? right? Anything you hear before you're like uh, maybe fifteen or sixteen, you just start to digest it, and it just comes out as creative language. Completely, no. I th- I think so much of your musical preferences are formed by that age. Like so much of just. Yeah. Yeah, the music I grew up on, like, just whatever your parents listen to until you're 10, that is your music, and that becomes kind of like your baseline. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So I was reading a little bit about your uh, your compositional process, and it mentioned something called uh, the intentional collaboration approach. Yeah. I wanna, I, I'm so curious about that. What is that? Um, well, this is something we developed. The last record we did was called Hands. Okay. And um, it was a larger ensemble, and um, a lot of what, what we did was we started with certain kind of clapping games, Interactive clapping games where you take like a certain mode of like chuck, chuck, So these start these things start going back and forth. And when you humanize those and like assign each one to a group of people, the rhythm starts to feel less like a a thing that one person is carrying and more like more like two people carrying something together. You know what I mean? So your your creative expression is a result of mutual effort in a very literal way and if it's off balance you can hear it so we'd meditate on these rhythms for a while and after doing that for truthfully months of rehearsal we started to improvise around the same rhythmic motives and then the compositions just they came out very easy so that's where hands come from it's kind of literally from clapping hands that's right that and the idea that it's collaborative there's many hands on it Wow, double yeah. double meeting. That's that's really cool. And I could hear that actually. I listened to a couple of tracks from Hands, and you could really hear. Uh, I mean, not just not just the tracks were clapping as foregrounded, yeah. but that rhythmic underpinning is so strong. Yeah, absolutely. That's part of the philosophy of the song. So what we're forming now with the group is um, new areas of exploration. Right. It'll it'll include kind of these rhythmic meditations, but also new areas so that that we're. That's we're, cool. we're in the laboratory right now, incubating. That's that's the most fun part, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's definitely the most gratifying part. Yeah, it can also be the most struggling part because you can give up on something with no outside feedback, and you know, it's like a, a plant can die without any light. No, you're right. When you're kind of in that chamber and you're not, they're not really getting any feedback back and forth. It's easy to be working on something forever and be like, is this is this good? Is this not? How can yeah. I tell? You know? Yeah, quality vertigo. A friend of ours called that. Like, I actually, I've only dabbled in music a little bit, but I was going back a while ago back, and I was listening to something I recorded, like, ten years ago. And I don't know, do you ever go back and, like, listening to any of, like, the first recordings you guys made and just, like, imagine how did you, how did you change so much from those initial recordings? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You, hear, you hear a lot of different levels of growth, you know? You hear, yeah. like, uh, you know, uh, spiritual things. Uh, you hear your writing growth. You hear... Uh, your technical growth, you hear your, um, you know, and sometimes it makes you cringe, and sometimes it makes right. you go, I'm, I'm worse than I used to be. You know what I mean? <laughs> what you're like, you know, you're like, wow. Hopefully, that, really doesn't, hopefully that doesn't happen too often. Or you like, you know, you're, 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 so, you're always under the microscope when you're in the studio, and like, you're, you're making these records, and you're like, you know, during that time, you're really focused in on, on the little glitches that happen, but then like, you listen back five years later, and there's no way, I mean, you'd have to like, you know, so there's so many different 
you know, it, it's always educational to go back in time, and it triggers so much of your like. It's sort of like if you were to like go, uh, you know, go on a swing set at right. your age now. Right. You would instantly fall back into the past, into a joyous moment. Mm. You know. So that's sort of. Is that something you tried? Have you been on a swing set recently? I haven't, but I mean, I can only <laughs> imagine. You know, is oh it when God, I, I want to get, I want to get that rush. I want to feel that again because I remember that. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it's like you know, it's it's, it's funny. We, we we're constantly doing that with alcohol. You know what I mean? Like mm, that's, I mean, that's <laughs> kind of true. Like every no, night, you're like, <laughs> always going back and trying to recapture that childlike, you know, kind of feeling of that wonder. First I glass of gin, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that first nip, <laughs> Christmas. <laughs> but but tying that back into your idea of just starting with clapping man there is yeah. something so just innately human those just kind of those first ways you make music and mm. being able to to start from that i think is yeah. such a such an organic uh way to start to try to write songs and make music and i think it totally comes through yeah i you know there's so much music that that seems to take these pieces of like chords and then they put chords together in this way and it's like here's the chord and here's the chord and here's the chord yes. and it sounds like they're it really sounds mentally confined in its conception. Um, and or it's also gridded out, you know, yeah, Pro Tools out. Yeah. How do you feel about stuff like Pro Tools and the recording process? You know, it, it gives with one hand and it, and it holds you back with another. Um, there's some records that, that could never be made without that kind of thing. You right. Know? And then there's other records that would be a lot better if they just went to tape or some sort of platform where they weren't on a grid. You know, I yeah. mean, is it important to have a click track when you're talking about a beautiful country ballad? Uh, I don't think so. And not necessarily, right? No, no. Yeah, it's, it's just it's the feeling that's got. Yeah, I mean, what's next? <laughs> you're gonna have a click track to like a, a string quartet, the Haydn string quartet? It'd be ridiculous. It's like right. if Santana, if Santana played their all their early records to click track. I mean, it would, it would be that good. He probably played his late records <laughs> to click track, and it shows. You know? <laughs> it, it, it makes it makes the music sound stiffer. So you Sterile, got, you, it's a it's a different relationship. But then again, you know, some some amazing records are made with clicks. It's just it's you know it's almost another thing to worry about. Again, right. it's like a gift, and it's also a slap. Comple I completely feel that. Yeah. Now, I know that you guys have done, a, you know, that you've worked on tribute shows for Fella, and you've done a, yeah. worked with Antibalas. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it Antibalas, right. Antibalas. Yeah. Antibalas, yeah, there you go. Um, but that you'd, um, but I could hear a lot of, actually, that Afrobeat stuff in kind of the music you've worked on before. Is that a, is that oh, a yeah. major influence on your sound? I'd, I'd say so. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Um, I, in fact, I think that's a major influence on a lot of American music. Um, and, yeah, I think more than, a, more, no, more than a lot of people give it credit yeah. for. I mean, I, I remember, you know, we, we met a lot of a lot of great bands when we were playing in Antibalas. Um, bands like Vampire Weekend. Well, and, they have uh, a ton of Af African influence yeah, in their side. Yeah, um, I, I think I heard some Foster the People or something that had something like that in it. And But basically, like, what's amazing in Fela's music, um, it's more than just kind of this sound and... Uh, and cultural fabric of it, mm -hmm. but there's compositional properties that are so deep that you could have a lot of Fela influence right. and not have your music come out sounding like you know no. Nigerian. No, you listen to that stuff, and I mean there are the, these grooves that can run on for a long time, but there's so much happening in like every second of that. Oh music. Yeah. yeah, and the larger arcs of the form, yeah, it, it's it, it, it's phenomenal the way he develops his pieces. But yeah. I would say it's very influential, particularly in how the rhythms interact together. Yeah. Fela is a master at that. And he's always kind of abiding by um, what they call a clave, which mm -hmm. is an accent pattern right. in the bar. And um, he always he has consistent tonics in the songs. So it'll be like one bass line. It's like eight beat pattern. 
typically going for the whole length of the song, right. which is really exciting. Which you can hear in like Talking Heads and LCD Sound System. Oh sure, oh sure, on that certain one. Michael Jackson records, and well, those are great records, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So does that does uh, does that approach at all translate to your live shows at all? Like, what are your what are your live shows like? What do you think? They're fun. <laughs> I think. I mean, I definitely noticed that your stuff is pretty strongly groove based. In some of the videos I saw, I think you're you're definitely uh, all about getting the crowd to get up and dance. Yeah, I mean, that's what it felt like last night, for example. I mean, we're in a house party right. show, and everyone's on the same level, and we're just there, you know. Um, I think the live show is fun because they get to solo a lot, and you know, it's, they get to just right. trade places. Yeah, and, there's a, there's an improvisational aspect to the music right. that right. You, you can't get with like really structured form in itself. But it, when you have like when the overall idea is that like we can break down the forms on stage. Yeah, where you do have a certain and, pattern you're playing you know, off of and can just start riffing and making new music. Yeah, it's, off of it's that. a little yeah. bit more open. Like Stuart will conduct certain things so that opens up a lot of space for you know uh you know drum breakdowns or or vocal breakdowns or i'll just take a risk or he'll take a risk and everyone has to be in tune with that risk you know which you don't get with like you can get that in fail music you know what i mean right you get, right. That, you, get you get that there's durations that that are being conducted as well as as form written you know yeah you, there you go conducting the music cheerleading the music you've got a, you got a lot of roles man <laughs> and the, the, the duration thing is a big deal. So when we're playing live, there's certain sections that are as long as they are, meaning we're breathing, we're feeling it together, we're feeding off the crowd, and that's how long it's going to be, and then we move on. Um, so that's one way we take a risk. We also, the improvisational solos we do, and when one person is improvising, Sam is... He's improvising like crazy. Yeah. Andrea is yelling things and improvising. The whole moment, we, we become possessed by it. And... Um, so, in a in an ideal situation, we are submitting to like a larger ecstatic feeling, um, and also within the compositions, within the parts we're supposed to play, we often take risks. Eric will change a bass line, then not tell anyone, <laughs> and 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 like oftentimes it's genius. And right. Then, and then sometimes you know you, you change a part or a saxophone idea or something, and and there's a slip, there's a little error, but it's. It's the sort of error that inspires you. Right, it's like a ha- fumble. Happy accidents, you know. Yeah, 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 and it's and it also it lets you know this is really happening. If somebody's not if if somebody's not striving to mentally kind of keep the experience together as they're playing, then you, it's a less you exciting do, life. You do see a lot of yeah. shows where there's so many you know backing tracks and guitar techs and stuff oh. just to replicate the experience of the record. Yeah. At, at that point, why even go to a show? Why not just you know put somebody's laptop, hook it into the speaker system, and just yeah. <laughs> yeah. not do anything? We were watching the Led Zeppelin footage oh, a man. few days ago, and we were like, man, we are rehearsing the wrong way. We just got to <laughs> go out there and feel it, you know? Yeah. We are killing ourselves <laughs> trying to be steady and precise here, and it's like... Oh, there's there's a lo- there's a listening audience that I feel like there you know there's a scene especially on Royal Potato Family they have a great uh, sort of you know collective of artists that really yeah. really cater to people that want to listen to something that's just not that that it's always a little different it's not yeah. going to be the same all the time and it's going to be you know coming from a deeper place than like. You know, audiences that might be accepting of, of a laptop on stage with, with you know, you know, just a couple of people helping right. them out. You right. know what I mean? Which which 
You know what I mean? So there, there's, <clears throat> there is a small audience that's always independent, seems like. But there are, there are artists coming out now that are like, you know, you know, that are bigger and and. You know, like Reggie Watts and people like that. That are Reggie like, Watts is amazing, man. They, they, the they blur the line between yeah. like the laptop guy and then like the real live improviser. Yeah, because oh, you know what I mean? yeah, it's it's not like you can't do performance with a laptop. It's just right. that a lot of guys aren't aren't doing that. Yeah, it's yeah, just you know, it's right. like if you see right. a certain kind of tattoo on somebody, you might judge them for it. You know what I mean? For and sure. that's sort of the laptop for me when I look at it on stage. You know. So you guys brought up Zeppelin. I'm curious, what other, like, so what music are you guys listening to right now? Either older stuff or if there's anything new that's really, like, inspiring you? Miles Davis. Miles Davis, man. Yeah. Uh, Legend, you can't go wrong with that. Shout out. Do a shout out to Owen Pallet. Listen to a lot of that. Yeah. I, uh... I, I've listened to a little bit. Um, the rec- whichever was the record he put out a few years ago. Heartland. still Heartland. Oh, my God. I love yeah. that So good. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and, he, so and he's worked with Arcade Fire a bunch, too. Which did, Have yeah. you you worked with Arcade Fire? Yeah, you, I was yeah. on a tour bus with Owen for a few months. Oh, cool. Yeah, I got to know him and his music. It's amazing stuff. Why were you on that tour bus? <laughs> I was playing saxophone with, with Arcade Fire for the, the last tour. Wow. Don't downplay that. I mean, yeah, don't, do not downplay that at all. <laughs> I was on the bus carrying bags around. I was on the bus, you know, making sure the ice was cold. Lurking. That's cool, but you know, I I love I love Owen Palace record because yeah, he is yeah. such a master of like composition and oh, just yeah. Uh, yeah, being able to put those sounds together. Oh, and I man. also yeah. I also loved uh, the articles he was writing for Slate last year, kind of breaking apart pop songs. I don't yeah. know if you read any of those. No, uh, he read yeah. them to me before he submitted them. <laughs> like he would be like, "What do you guys think of this?" And I'm like, "Man, yeah, Owen's a deep thinker." I want, I just wanted yeah. I just, I would just read his weekly column about pop music. Yeah, uh, he's a, an amazing conversationalist and, yeah. and a deep thinker. And a consummate artist. He's a he's an amazing dude. Completely. So yeah, we listen to him. So I noticed that your new songs too also are I think more than your older music playing a little bit with pop structures and maybe bigger choruses. Do you do you guys have like kind of more pop ambitions? Do you guys want to have a song on the radio? Yeah. Yes. I guess, I guess maybe that's a crazy <laughs> no. question. <laughs> no, yeah. In the, on the right radio station. On the right radio yeah. station. We are on Sirius Radio. That's right. We got to yeah. give it up to Sirius yeah, XM. Jam on. And yeah, and Ari Fate, our friend at Sirius. It's awesome. A, he's uh, he continually plays our music and um, gives us a chance. Yeah, I, I think we do have ambitions of being on the radio with our with our music, but we want to do it in a way that I think mirrors what we had when we were coming up. Mm-hmm. You know, when the, the, the music on the radio wasn't necessarily about the same shallow emotional situations. Right. Well, just the, the word pop can be taken in so many different ways, but there's so much pop music oh, that's yeah. really deep and really strange and unique and has been ex- as successful as anything. Oh, so. pop, no, pop is not a bad word to be in any... Pop, yeah. Most of the music I listen to is pop. Pop is great. Pop is great. Yeah. <laughs> it's not pop until it's pop, right? <laughs> it's kind of kind of uh, kind of tautological, but sure, I'll take it. You know. Um, yeah. So okay, so we're at, we got to wrap things up soon, but I do want to ask you guys if you if uh, if any listeners out there are on the West Coast and want to see you guys play, what like where are there any other venues you guys are going to soon? Where can people see you? Uh, tonight we're going to be in L.A. at Great. the Bootleg Theater. Um, is tonight? Is it going to air tonight? This will be up tonight. Yeah. All right. We'll Good evening. Before nine o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we play at nine o'clock. And tomorrow night we're going to be at the Independent in okay. San Francisco. Great. And then this Tuesday night we're going to be at City Winery in Napa. And then this Friday night we're going to be at uh, the Mississippi Studios in Portland, Oregon. 
And then the following night, we're going to be at Nectar's Lounge in Seattle, Washington. And then the following day, we are driving from Seattle all the way back to Oakland. That's great. So if people want to check out like that schedule, where, <laughs> should, where should they go? It's like a website they can go to. Uh, superhumanhappiness.com. Pretty easy to remember. Yeah. There you go, superhumanhappiness.com. Finally, uh, okay, and if people want to buy your music, like what's the best place they could go to buy your music? Royalpotatofamily.com. Royalpotatofamily.com. That's, yeah, that's what our recommend? record label. And great. we got to give a shout-out to our manager who also runs the label, Kevin Calibro. Great. Yeah. It's great, guys. Guys, it's, it's been so great to be able to talk to you and get to know Excellent. you guys and your music a little bit. Please check about check out the new single Super Eight, which you could find. A, yeah, Noisy on Vice just wrote a, a great piece about it. Um, you can check out their old record Hands, uh, fa- fantastic stuff, and check them out on tour. So, thank you so much for coming by. Thank you. Pleasure. Thank you. Awesome. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff. We would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.